When I looked at today's second reading, this text from 2 Timothy 1, in preparation for this Mass, the first person who came to my mind was Father Frank Francis. As many of you know, Father Frank grew up here in Westerly, a parishioner of St. Pius X Parish. He now serves as pastor of St. Mary's Church in Providence. I thought of him especially when I read this line, Bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. If you're a regular reader of the Providence Journal, you know what I'm referring to here. This past Monday, Father Frank was part of the lead article on page one which actually was more of an editorial, at least in my view, than an article. On the ProJo website, it was entitled, Outcry at Providence Church Over Firing of Gay Music Director. Father Frank, you see, relieved the music director, Michael Templeton, of his duties at St. Mary's recently because Mr. Templeton entered into a so-called marriage last year with another man. Now please note something. Please note that Mr. Templeton was not dismissed because he experiences same-sex attraction. There's no sin in that. He was dismissed because he engaged in a public act that violated the teaching of Jesus Christ and caused a public scandal. As Bishop Tobin put it the other day, any person who holds a ministerial position in the church as an employee or as a volunteer is expected to live in a way that is fully consistent with the teachings and faith of the church. If an individual deliberately and knowingly enters into a relationship or engages in activity that contradicts the core teachings of the church, that individual leaves the church no choice but to respond. Father Frank did what he should have done. And knowing him as well as I do, I'm sure that he did it in a very kind and a very respectful way. That's the kind of person he is. Wouldn't hurt a fly. He's loving, he's gentle, he's patient. Of course, if you read the journal article the other day and you don't know Father Frank, you probably think he's just the opposite, unwelcoming, uncaring, authoritarian, and not very compassionate at all. And journalists wonder why their profession is one of the least respected in our country right now. Those of us who have been harmed by their lies would be happy to tell them why So many people feel that way about them. The bottom line, my brothers and sisters, is the editors of the Providence Journal and those who think like they do want the Catholic Church to change her teaching on homosexual activity and just about every other moral issue. In other words, they want the Church to say that sin is no longer sin. Well, that ain't going to happen. The Church will never approve of homosexual activity, just like the Church will never approve of adultery. 
or sex before marriage that involves a quote-unquote straight couple. The Church will never say that those things are okay because the Church does not have the power to make them okay. Listen again to what St. Paul says to Timothy in this text. He says, Take as your norm the sound words that you heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard this rich trust with the help of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Guard this rich trust. The rich trust is the deposit of faith. It's the gospel. It's the full truth of Jesus Christ. Paul was saying to Timothy, who was himself a young priest, he was saying, look, Tim, remember, you have no power to change the message. None whatsoever. Your job as a leader of the church is to guard it and live it and defend it and teach it and pass it on by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. That's actually every Catholic's job, to evangelize others in the true gospel of Jesus Christ, not in their own personal version of it, which is always the temptation. And lest we forget, my brothers and sisters, the gospel is good news. In fact, that's what the word gospel means. It means good news. It starts off with a recognition of the bad news of sin. That's true enough. But it ends with the good news of God's forgiveness and God's mercy. And this is how we can really help those who experience same-sex attraction and then act on it. We can encourage them as best we can to seek the forgiveness and mercy of God. We can encourage them to get rid of their sin, not cling to it. We can encourage them, first and foremost, to make a good confession. And let me tell you something. If they come to me for the sacrament of reconciliation, which many in that situation have done over the years, if they come to me, they can be assured of one thing. I will not condemn them. Quite oppositely, if they confess a sin that's rooted in same-sex attraction, I will begin by commending them. I'll say, God bless you. God bless you for having the courage to bring that sin to Jesus in this sacrament. Then I'll say, you need to understand something here. You need to understand that when I give you absolution in a few moments, your sin's going to be taken away. And that sin will never come between you and Almighty God again. Never. You're going to be washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're going to make a fresh start with the Lord. So thank God today. Praise God today for His incredible mercy. And I will say to the person, Never be afraid to come to the Lord in this sacrament, even if you fall into this sin again. As Pope Francis has reminded us many times, God never gets tired of forgiving us. But sometimes we get tired of asking for his forgiveness. Make sure you never get tired of asking.
That, my brothers and sisters, is the kind of thing that I would say to a homosexual person who came to me in sincere repentance in the sacrament of reconciliation. And you know what? That's the kind of thing that all good priests would say in the confessional in similar circumstances, including my good friend, our good friend, Father Frank Francis.